Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, February 12th, 2023 called Jesus Revealed in the Plans, given by Pastor Chris Simmons. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 5. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. We're talking about this idea of God-given growth. If you see in your, in, in your bulletin, you can kind of follow along a little outline that goes over there. Um, if you can go to the first point for me, as we get started, we're going to go through each point, how God gives us this inspiration and growth. Go to that one. But as we start, you'll hear this. It's Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. And the first point will start with this. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. The question, you can't see, I have a little question that's a reflection one there, but then also that little fill in the blank. Where are you rooted? Because what we draw from often shows. If you can go to the next image for me. If you've ever done this experiment, maybe at home or you did in elementary school, you get like white carnations, right? And you put like colored dye in each little water glass and you put each flower in there and you can see the red one. When it draws up the red water, it shows in its petals. Same thing with the purple one as it draws it up. There's a cool way to do this actually. If you take one white carnation and cut up the stem and you split the stem, you put one in like blue and the other one in red, it'll draw up into the flower and it'll become purple. It's very cool and you see that and it's a really great reflection of the things that we draw up and show in our petals, right? Where your roots are planted, so to speak. Um, You may be able to to like level with me on this or empathize with me? Maybe not. There have been times in my life, believe it or not, I've been self-indulgent. I know a shocker. Um, Where I've been selfish maybe even at times. And I often see the things that I draw from and when I give into temptation, I give into desire and I give into too much of that, it starts to draw up and show in my petals, right? In the way that I act, the way that I act towards others. Oftentimes we say it draws up and becomes fruit and it becomes the works that I do and I show to others. When we kind of take this image of the, the roots going down and drawing from, when I was in high school and I was transitioning from high school into college, uh, not a Christian at the time, had kind of this rough spot where um, I had a girlfriend right in high school that went into college and, and she was the one thing that I kind of centered everything around. I did everything for it. She was a college based off of that. I, she became kind of like my source of sustenance. You'll never guess how well that went. Uh, it's not the one I'm married to by the way. So it didn't go very well. So we had this thing where then I, I kind of shunned away all my friends. You know, I, I focused everything hurt, didn't care what my friends were doing, didn't care really what I was going to school for as long as I was going to school. And we broke up. And all of a sudden I find myself in my apartment and I'm like, okay, um, so we're, we're broken up and where, where do I get my sustenance from? What am I doing? Why am I going to school? What, you know, I tried calling up my old friends and never guess what? They found new friends. Right? And I found myself in a place where I was very dry because I had this idol in my life. And idols can kind of turn into, uh, if you can go to the next image for me. When things are going well, things are going really well. I'm drawn from the creek. I'm drawn from the river. I can get these great, this great plants. I feel good about what I'm doing until you take a look at that and you think maybe it's an irrigation creek or it's what we call a dry creek right? When seasonally it fills up, and when it seasonally fills up, all these plants sprout around it. The leaves are green. Life is good. I learned about irrigation dishes in, uh, in Twin Falls. When they would fill up, asparagus grows next to them, and you can eat it. Um, I say that in Chicago, like when you buy asparagus, it's a thing that's like $6 a pound, and it's like super rare. I'm like, what do you mean you just got that from a ditch? Um, 
But if we go back to what we're talking about here, um, when, the, when the water's flowing, everything is growing, everything is good, until that water dries up, then the plants around it dry up. I find myself in times when uh, an idol is anything that takes the place of God in your life. And as I look back then, you know, my girlfriend at that time was this idol in my life that left me dry. And it's, I'm not telling you it's her fault. You know, if you look at me, you know it's my fault, right? But um, uh, things didn't work out. It wasn't God's plan. There's a reason behind that. Because as we talk about epiphany, we're saying Jesus is revealed in the plans. That's how we're continuing through this week. And that was just one idol, kind of like an onion, one petal that was pulled off of me. God saying, no, I have a plan for you. You don't know it yet. Um, but I have a plan for you, so I'm going to peel away this idol in your life. And as I look at all the other idols in my life, my wife can become an idol. My children, my career, um, sports. If I'm in a sport and I'm, I'm growing up and I'm young, my sports were often an idol in my life. All these things that I want to draw from. You'll never guess what. Earth is temporal. All these things I want to draw from that aren't eternal, all these dry creeks, all these things that are going to leave me dry. I pray that one day my children will grow up and not live in my house at 40 years old and uh, have children of their own and families of their own that I get to watch them grow and develop in, right? Eventually they can't be an idol I'm going to draw from. That'll leave me dry. I love my wife. I probably drive her crazy. She's going to need a little distance now and again. If she's my one source of sustenance, I'm going to be left dry. My career, I pray that one day I will get to retire. Um, and, and just get to serve the church with, with my gifts and, and just love God's people and not have to worry about income, anything like that. But if this was my, my, my riverbed, if this was my river, I would be left dry as well. All these idols, they come. And I take a look at those flowers, and you see again in those times where we draw from it, it shows in our petals, I want to draw from the water that never runs dry. Right? When we read in John 4, when Jesus says, I want to give you a cup of living water, water that will within you develop into a spring of living water that you too, I said this a couple weeks ago, can fill one another's cup. I want to draw, I want my roots to wander that way. And we read this in John chapter 17. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It le- its leaves are always green. It has no worries and he hear of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. So again, I want my leaves to be representative of where my roots are drawing their sustenance from. I want it to be that living river of Christ, right? The one who sustains me always so that my fruit and my leaves show and reflect him, and maybe not the old die and the selfish one that was there before. Again, not sure if you can relate, but we go to point number two over here, and that's rooted in God-given growth. Because that's what I want my leaves to reflect. And we hear this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul writes, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants, nor he who waters is anything. But only God gives the growth. You may have heard this story maybe once or so before. But when I was a new Christian, um, and I'm going to be baptized, right? I was an adult, if you didn't know this, in college. I didn't have a life with Christ before then, but I go through weeks of instruction. Eventually my baptism comes, and to shorten the story a little bit, um, I go to chapel service. This is just like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday at Concordia, Chicago, and I'm waiting there. I got my pink sheet of paper that has all the things highlighted that I'm supposed to respond to when Pastor Leininger tells me what to say, and I look into the chapel. I'm like, why are there so many people here today? Because chapel was usually like 20 people max, and he's like, they're all here because of your baptism. I'm like, I didn't invite them. <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like, I did. And, and it's, it's, it's a great thing to celebrate when someone becomes part of the family of God. And I'm like, 
wow, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into with this. So I'm sitting there waiting, and I'm looking down this long aisle. I'm going, okay, all right, I got everything I'm supposed to say. Everything is good. Didn't think of this beforehand. And I start walking down, and I'm like, okay, go up there. I got to go up these marble steps. The water will splash on me. What if it burns? Just this idea. What if, it, what if it burns? What if I feel the sin in me get expunged and it sears my flesh like a TV Hollywood drama or something like that? And I'm, in my head, I'm like, that's silly. But what if demons just like start shooting out of me or something? And like everyone see, I, I know this sounds bizarre, but these are the thoughts going through my head as I'm walking down this. It's a very long walkway to the front. And I'm like, and in, my, in my head, I have enough time to say, nah, that's silly. That's silly. But what if it does? What if it does? So I get up there. I go, I go upstairs. I'm there for baptism. And he, he takes his water. And the water's actually a little bit warm. I'm just like, oh, okay. I say the thing. And my, by the way, my hands are shaking because I was expecting like 10 people there, not like hundreds of people there. So I'm like, oh. And I get through there. And then people, you know, I get, baptism happens. People clap. Yay. And then I go over there. People gave me gifts. I, I went out to lunch with friends. I'm like, awesome. And then uh, the next day I wake up and I say, okay, God, what's different now? What's supposed to change? I'm waiting for, like, the thing. And I, I thought, and I felt like, well, nothing really happened. I was like, oh, all right, no demons or anything, no steam, no searing of the flesh. Okay, I, I guess that's that. So uh, let's fast forward a couple years later, and I'm in my room, and I'm reading my Bible. And I'm telling you this because all pastors should have read their entire Bible. Do you agree? Okay, good. Yes. I would encourage you to do it sometime. If you haven't done it, that's all right. But continue to kind of get through God's Word because it's all great and valuable for teaching. Um, but I read my whole Bible cover to cover, and I remember reading the last page, and I closed it, and I'm like... I waited for a moment. I paused. I was waiting for, like, the windows to shatter and, like, the doors to, to open and, like, the wind to come through. I, I, I'm serious. I waited. I'm like, is the book going to turn gold and float up? And these are all things I, I imagined, obviously, right? Is it going to float up and speak to me? And God says, well done, A+. Plus. Like, I waited for something to happen. And I, from what I thought, there was no immediate thing that happened. Nothing, nothing did. I sat there and I'm like, go. But nothing happened. At least I thought. And you kind of see what the point is over here. When we're rooted in God-given growth, often we don't see what is happening underneath the soil. If you can go to the next image for me. If you've seen this when a seed is planted, right? Everything that happens underneath the soil. In that time, um, baptism, being in God's Word, I didn't realize um, two major things. One, that when I looked at the ground in front of me and I'm saying do something, that a lot's happening. Because God-given growth takes time. You could see it's not even until, what is it, stage five, right? One, two, three, four, five, six even, right? That anything even pops out of the ground. I didn't realize all the work that God had happening underneath the soil. Turns out, guess what? I was baptized and I said, God, do something. I started attending church and I had Christian friends and I didn't realize that God's saying, hey, I, I'm the one giving you the growth, but I'm calling other people to come and water you right now. And I didn't realize God's watering me. I had, I had friends that, um, like when I go to church, I'd worship with them. I played it in a handbell choir. No one's amazed. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> But it was a very, it was, as a faith experience, it was very cool for me. I, I got two bells, and I played each one one time, right? And I nailed it, right? I nailed my two notes. She had like 20 notes that she played, like the whole thing. But um, I had moments where I had friends that even invested in me and looked at me and saying, hey, Chris, take a look at what you're doing right now. Because your leaves are not reflecting Christ in what you're doing. 
I had very close friends that told me, hey, you need to kind of stop that one thing, whether you realize it or not, because, you know, you're not being a very good Christian by participating that way. And I go, wow, I had no idea whether I chose to not have an idea or not. It's kind of a different thing, right? But I'm like, I had no idea. I didn't realize I was still being watered and that there was a plant. I tell people, here I am, I'm 36 years old. Gasp, I know, you know all the secrets. Um, and I look back 10 years Ten years ago, if I told 26-year-old Chris where I was today, he'd go, nah, you're crazy, man. And then I'd say, okay, if I told 16-year-old Chris where I was today, right? So, so 20 years ago, and I told his friends what I was doing, they'd say, they would say, wow, I can't believe a church would take you. That's amazing. And I tell you all this because it's not anything that I did. These aren't all the things give Chris a pat on the back because finally he went out and got baptized. Finally he went out and he read the scriptures. None of that happened. God is the one that gave the growth. It's really proof. It's kind of that Abraham story. I will take the least of you and I'll show the world that I can do something. And I stand before you kind of a testament of that today that God is the one that gives the growth because I see all this growth. If I could tell even 16-year-old Chris there'd be that itty-bitty plant there, he would go, Wow. That's a miracle. I would say it is. Because God is indeed good. And he gives you that. And oftentimes we get, I, I tell you all this, not to, not to talk about myself, because we don't see growth when it happens in ourselves. Right? I don't know if you've ever been part of like a workout program or like a weight loss thing, and you're, and you're working out, you're pumping iron, and you're going, all right, you know, I'm getting stronger. And you keep looking in the mirror every day, and you go, I don't really see anything that's different. Or a weight loss thing, maybe you get a notch tighter on your belt and you look in the mirror and you go, oh, I don't really see anything that's different. I don't know why I'm doing this. Until that one friend comes up to you and it's James that comes up to me. He's like, hey, Chris, you're looking strong. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's often, and, and you know what I'm talking about. That's why you laugh because it's people that often see the change in you when you look at yourself every day, you don't see that. Or the weight loss thing, and you, you know, you're kind of depressed and someone comes up to you and says, wow, have you been losing weight? You go, yes, I have. Thank you. Thank you for noticing because I felt like nobody did because I don't really see it myself. And I take that and I'm flipping it on you because oftentimes we don't see the growth in ourselves, but we see the growth that's happening to others, don't we? Right? If you have children, you see the growth in them every day, how you water, how you invest in them. Students, if, you te- if you're a teacher, how you water and invest in them. If you've ever been an employer or with employees and you have new employees or interns, right, and you water and invest in them, you see them grow. There's also something else that happens though, isn't there? Some things, it doesn't matter how hard or how much you water, how ideal the conditions are, or how different the people are. You'll, you'll water and water and invest and invest. And sometimes you don't see any growth at all. And if you're like me, I look at God and say, God, how did I mess this up? What did I do wrong? And I tell you this as a disclaimer because we're called to water and we're called to throw the seeds. We're called to share our faith. But God is the one that gives the growth. I need to make sure I remember that that's, that's his to give and not mine. Because in those moments where I can be depressed and I don't see what I'm investing in grow at all, when I see I, I share my faith and I have close friends I share my faith with and I, and I try to water and I don't see any growth in them, I go, God, what did I do wrong? And he said, that, that's mine. I will be the one that gives the growth. But in those times where I'm kind of depressed and seeing it, I say, if the things I do don't work, why should I bother doing it at all? Right? Have you had those people in your life, had those moments where you go, why, do I, why should I bother doing anything new ever at all if what I do doesn't seem to matter? 
I'm here to tell you today that you do matter. You see in this section of 1 Corinthians, what happens is Paul is talking to the church, and they would all say, well, I follow Apollos, and I follow Paul. I follow Cephas, who is Peter. I follow these, and some will say I follow Christ. They mean it in a very pious way, not like a very Christian way. And Paul's saying, hold on a second. You know, these guys, they're called to throw the seeds. They're called to proclaim the gospel. You're called to do the same. You're called to water the faith of those around you. Don't be following those people because they're not God. God is the one that gives the growth. And for many of us, it can indeed be a mystery. But I tell you to go forward with a sense of ease and allow God to give that growth as we go into our third point here today, and it's this. So Mark chapter 4, as we begin here, I'm going to read this parable again for you. It's very short. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground night and day while he's awake or he's asleep. The seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happened. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the head of wheat is formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. And that's that mystery, as I mentioned, of God-given growth. And I tell you it's a mystery because we don't always understand his ways, but we do know that he has the plan in hand. So to tell you a bit more of that, it's a real blessing that God is the one with the plan in hand. I'm not the one responsible for growth. Yet, at the same time, part of that, that journey of faith is this. I am trusting the one to whom it is not a mystery because to me it is a mystery. We do it all the time, actually. If I give you an example, if you've ever gone to an airport, some of you know exactly why airplanes are designed and how they fly the way they fly. To me, it's a mystery. So when I go to the airport and I go to get on a plane, I am trusting myself to those whom it is not a mystery, right? To get me from point A to point B to get me to fly. If that doesn't hit home, another one is Chinese food. To me, Chinese food is a very yummy mystery. And I, every time I eat it, I am surely entrusting myself to the one whom it is not a mystery, right? My wife is laughing at a food poisoning story. Um, but I am trusting myself to whom it is not a mystery. Another point would be if you're, if you're out and about and you go and get a haircut, right? A good haircut to me is a mystery. Um, I've cut my son's hair. It's one way and it goes bzzz, and that's it. Why? Because I tried cutting it with scissors one time and I tried having a barber explain to me one time too. They're like, you got to follow the way the hair is growing and moving in the swirl. You start with the swirl. I'm like, I don't, where is the swirling? Where is that happening? To me, a good haircut is indeed a mystery, but every time I go to the barber or my wife and my kids, they all go to Alexis, right? They are entrusting themselves to the one to whom it is not a mystery. And the very obvious example is surgery, right? Something in me is broken and I need it fixed. I go to the one to whom it is not a mystery, right? I don't stay at home and try and cut myself open and save a few thousand dollars trying to do it myself, because it's a mystery to me. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know where to go. But I will entrust myself to the one to whom it is not a mystery. God-given growth. Growing in faith. I may be called to water, but I am entrusting not just myself, but the ones whom I love to the one it is not a mystery. Because the mystery is this. I'm a sinful man. A sinful human being not deserving of God's grace and why Jesus would go to the cross, why he would suffer, why he would die, why he would choose to have me resurrected with him, that's a mystery. Because I'll tell you, I'm not worth it. 
but I'm going to entrust myself to the one to whom it is not a mystery. To who is Jesus? I'll entrust my friends. I'll entrust my family. I entrust every single person that God's called me somehow to water. I entrust them to him to whom it is not a mystery because why he would save me. I'm grateful. I am. And I choose to trust him with that because I certainly wouldn't do it for not just if I saw myself in the mirror for myself. So I entrust myself and to all those to who God, it's not a mystery why he would go. Because of his great love for us, despite our flaws, despite the fact my roots can wander, despite the fact my leaves tend to show a few different colors necessarily than Jesus, I trust the one to whom it is not a mystery. The one who gives me not just God-given growth, gives me a God-given purpose as well. Go out and water, but leave the growth to me. So today as we close, let's entrust ourselves to the one whom gives the growth, to Jesus, and to God be the glory forever. And all God's people said, Amen. If you have any questions or comments, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org. And make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go.